Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's going on guys? Welcome back to Pure Evil MMA. I'm your host as always, Eve Letty, and I got a very special guest joining us here today, coming fresh off of her victory win at UFC 235. We have a lot to talk about. We got Macy Chasson joining us here today. And, and Macy, just for fans out there and, and everybody, what is the correct way to pronounce your name? Because we, we were talking right before we went live here on how to pronounce your name. And, you know, in mixed martial arts, the cool thing is, you know, learning about different cultures and being able to pronounce last names. Like, it took me maybe a solid year to pronounce Yoana's last name the right way. And I've heard yeah. it pronounced like five yeah, different ways. I have a problem with that. <laughs> So, how do you say your last name for every uh, for all your new fans out there? So, the easiest way to, like, figure out how to say it is if I, like, spelled it. Like, if I spelled it how it sounded. How it sounded. So, Sha, S-H-A, right? And then Saul. Sha, Saul. So, listen. It is so exciting to have you on because when we set up this interview, it was a couple of days we started talking before UFC 235 went down and a lot of the times yeah. you know I, I get a little nervous about that because it's never fun you know talking to, to somebody that's coming off a loss and it's really hard right. but you know you got to win and not only did you get a win but you got it in an amazing fashion not only that but it was the fifth quickest ko in ufc bantamweight <laughs> history and the top you know four names above that is ronda yeah. ronda amanda and ronda so you're right up there with that how does that feel yeah, it was insane to, to see my name, you know, listed among, you know, two of the greatest women, you know, in Bantamweight history. So, uh, I mean, it, I was pretty ecstatic and just super humbled by the whole process. I mean, just to be among, you know, two other people that I've always looked up to, so... So you were on that season of Ultimate Fighter. I'm sure a lot of people saw you from that. And, you know, being on that show, there's a lot to prove because you're not just... <laughs> fighting you are you have you have to like entertain people and you have to deal with all these other fighters around you that are you know going through weight cuts or or, or drinking a little bit too much what was that experience right. like before we talk about your victory what was that experience like yeah how, how was that man that was like that was definitely one of the hardest things that i've done you know because you don't have your camp with you uh you don't have a normal training schedule and, uh, yeah, and you have to deal with other people around you, you know, that you might not necessarily like. But, you know, the good thing about me is that I, I try not to let other people bother me. Um, and, I, and I'm super competitive, so the whole, you know, the whole time I was in the house, I was very focused. And, you know, you had a few people that, 
And I think, you know, it didn't do so great because they couldn't stay focused, you know? I mean, you do have the luxuries of eating whatever you want, drinking whatever you want. So some, some people looked at it as a vacation. I didn't look at it as a vacation at all, you know? I mean, I looked at it as time to work, and, you know, that was a time to prove myself. So going into this show, I mean, it was, you know, we're almost at the 30 the season of the show because you already know what to kind of expect. Was it surprising to see people, you know, get into the drama and, and make mistakes that we've seen, you know, for the past, you know, 10 years on that show? Was that kind of shocking to you? No, I mean, it, it really wasn't shocking because to, to watch some people, you know, be dramatic and things unfold. It's just because you're cooped up in a house with, you know, people that you, you've never met before, and uh, that does things to some people, you know, and people are saying, I mean, you're in there for six weeks. In six weeks, you have no contact with anyone, you know, I mean, you don't have, and nothing nothing is normal about that house, you know, yeah, it's a beautiful house, you know, you, we had a swimming pool, this and that, but you can only do the same thing for so long, you know, so I completely understand why people just collapse in there, you know. But uh, that's just not me, and, and it's it's important when you're in any kind of competition just to have your, your eyes forward, you know, and, and, and just stay on the game. The moment for me that made me realize, and, and a lot of fans out there realize that you were the real deal, was after you beat Leah. I mean, Leah's a name that a lot of people have known for the past couple of years, and once you got past her, I was like, all right, this is the girl who's going to win it. So you end up going through that season, and you did phenomenal. Now, what did it feel like on your debut during the finale? What did, was it everything you expected? What, was there things you didn't expect? What was that feeling like? Well, against uh, when we fought Penny. Yeah, on, on the finale when you actually got to walk out, you know, in front of all those people. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the one thing I do say that I really enjoy about the house is that it prepared me very well. Hmm. Um, you know, it was almost like an internship. You know, you, you had a really good internship for this job, and then you're going to the big the big, big time show, you know, and then you walk in and you're like, wow, I've already been prepped for a while for this, you know, why should I treat it any other way? I mean, of course, you know, I was super humbled and just excited to, to be in that moment, you know, to, to make that walk to the cage and to be in front of fans and, and people in my family and, and fight, you know, in a cage that, amazing athletes have fought in, but I also tried not to hype it up too much because, you know, just being in the house, it prepared me so well for that moment, and uh, and, and again, it, appeared, it, it prepared me so well for, for my fight a few days ago, so, you know, I'm just super, super blessed that I was able to, to experience something like that in order to, you know, kind of come out on top and feel comfortable in my settings. So now you have five finishes in six fights. You have stepped inside the octagon twice. But one thing that people are really excited for, and I, I've been reading a lot of the fan comments on, on Twitter, they're saying that you look even better and more impressive at bantamweight. What was the decision to move to bantamweight? That's awesome that people are saying that because uh, we, we didn't have too many nice comments before, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a never a predetermined decision uh, prior to the house. And... You know, I mean, we still thought I was going to run at 45 after the house. But uh, my coach, Sayeth, at 4 years, he, um, you know, he came up to me and he's like, 
you know, I've been in this game for a long time, and I really think that you'd perform well at a lower weight class. You know, I think physically uh, you'll feel better, and you'll not only will you feel better, but you'll look better. You know, um, you'll you'll look more athletic. And I was like, no, like you know, I've had I've had a few tough cuts to 45, and and uh, and I wasn't sure. You know, just being 5'11", being a bigger girl, and um, you know, I never thought a day in my life I would fight at 35. But you know, working with the the Performance Institute, and also working with Mike Skeisha, he's he's my strength and conditioning coach in Dallas. They uh, they really put me through an awesome nutritional and uh, and physical program, you know, that that I that I can keep up with that'll help maintain my weight. And I, I gotta tell you, I mean, this is the best I've ever felt, you know. And I, and I feel like when I go back home, you know, and we go back to work, it's uh, it's only gonna get better. So it's it's fair to say that this is the weight class that you're going to be sticking with, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, maybe in the future, forty five. You know, it's still there. We we don't mind fighting up and down, but right now our focus is on one thirty five. And you know, I feel optimal as an athlete fighting at one thirty five. So we're we're just trying to do what's best for me and my abilities as of right now. So right now they have you ranked at number fourteen inside the women's bantamweight division. You know, do you have your eyes on anybody moving forward, or are you just kind of waiting for that phone call? So we we don't have our eyes on anyone in particular. You know, one of our set goals this year was to get ranked. You know, and that's one that we scratched off. So you know, we're ranked now, and now we're trying to make it make our way to top five and. We just have, we have this list, you know, and we're looking to scratch everything off going down the line. Um, no, I mean, we don't have anyone in mind, but we are looking at a, a quick turnaround. So you guys should see something set up soon, real soon. And you train with a, a lot of people that are, you know, going for those same goals, trying to get ranked, trying to make, the, you know, that championship run. You know, does that Absolutely. mentality blend together? Does that give you more, you know, jet fuel, so to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, all, every single guy and, and girl that I train with at Fortis, I mean, everyone's got their own goals. Everyone's got these real high goals. And, and when I watch them smash those goals, I'm like, you know, it, it, it hypes me up. And we, the good thing about our team is that we all we all have, have somewhere we want to go, and we're always pulling the person behind us up with them, you know? And, uh, you know, Miles Johns, he's been one of my main training partners. He's the LFA title holder. March 22nd, um, he's, he's up and coming, 8-0, I believe, undefeated, uh, just an amazing athlete all around and great person, um, Steven Ocho-Peterson, he's fighting March 22nd in the UFC, he was uh, one of my training partners that, that would run with me after practice, and now it's kind of a thing, you know, now, now uh, before and after practice, he's always on the treadmill, Not you know, even though when I'm not there, so, uh, you know, we got... Deborah, Deborah Kuzman, she's fighting for Bellator March 22nd. So we got we got a lot of people that you know have really helped me through this camp that are up and coming, and you know, and I'm just I'm really excited for our team. So UFC 235, obviously a big deal. I mean, there were so many huge names on this card. Did you feel pressure? Did you feel like you had to go in there and you know make a good impression upon everybody because you know the stars that were on that card, you wanted to stand out. Did you feel that? Yeah, I mean, I think you know all of us as as fighters, especially 
kind of a big card, you know, being on the early prelims, you want to you wanna go out with a bang, you know, you want people to turn their heads and notice you and talk about you, but, I mean, that's never really, that's never really my onset, that's never really what I'm looking at, I mean, actually, we trained, my team and I trained so hard the last 12 weeks that we knew no matter what, no matter where it went, it, it, we were going to end up on top somehow, you know, whether it was three rounds, whether it was two rounds, one round, you know, so... Um, just being there with, you know, like John Jones, people that I really look up, look up to is awesome, you know, and you have just a little bit of pressure to, <clears throat> to please them, you know, but you can't really go in there looking at like, looking at it like that, you know, you want to stay calm and collected and, and, uh, <clears throat> and just ready for your fight, so. So I, I was talking with Houston Alexander about this, and he, he was telling everybody that for a lot of people that come into the UFC, it, it's a little distracting. It could be difficult to go on with some of the obligations that the UFC brings to you, but it seemed like you actually loved it. You, you feel comfortable yeah. in front of that camera and everything. Uh, you know How yeah. amazing did it feel to go in there after all this time, get that victory, sit there with Joe Rogan and do the interview? What did that feel like if you could paint the picture? So Joe Rogan <clears throat> caught me off guard. I didn't even notice that he was there. And I was like, it, and as soon as he walked up to me to shake my hand and talk to me about, you know, post-fight interview, I was like, oh, my God, I'm saying girl, it's so hard right now. <laughs> it was definitely one of my favorite moments, uh, being able to stand next to Joe and talk to him. And, you know, and, of course, you know, I was talking to Dana White a little bit after the fight, and he's such a lovable guy. I mean, as soon as I see him, I just light up. Because he's, he's just, he's such a good guy, you know, and, and uh, I wish people were able to have, you know, a few more conversations with him. He's just such a, such a lovable guy. I can't say anything else about, you know. Yeah, and, and Dana actually said uh, an amazing quote uh, about you saying that you, you really don't see a lot of girls getting knockouts, uh, especially at that weight class. Is that kind of, you know, even more motivation to you when somebody like Dana White says that? Is that the best compliment anyone has ever given you? <laughs> That is the best compliment that anyone has ever given me. You know, I'm, people have given me really great compliments, but when it's coming from Dana White, you mm. know, it really, you know, you know, it's real. You know, because he's not going to say something that he doesn't mean, and that's what I really like about him. So, um, it was definitely a moment where I felt a little bit of sweat on my forehead, and I was like, wow. I mean, this is just, you know, this is just an amazing night. You know, so yeah. So in the last five minutes of this interview, I have a couple more questions for fans to get to know you a little bit better. And then we have uh, a couple of fan questions for you. But one thing I, I got to ask you, your coach was Kelvin Gaslam. Uh, what do you think he's going to be able to do against Israel Adesanya? And w were you a little upset, felt bad for him when he wasn't able to fight during the finale? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I was really upset that he wasn't able to fight Um Whitaker, and I know how much, you know, how much work he put into that. I mean, he's, he's such a hard worker and one of the most amazing people that I've ever met. Him and his team have done a, so much for me, you know, not only in the house for training, but, you know, as mentors, they, they've really, like, come out and about and, and helped me around some obstacles. And, uh, man, that Kelvin works his butt off, and it really did sadden me to see that he wasn't able to fight um, you know, because now he had, he had to go through another camp, you know, so it's, 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 but that's the name of the game, and it's so up and down, you know, you have to be mentally ready for, for anything, and I'm so excited to watch him fight uh, Style Bender. <clears throat> he, uh, Kelvin, you know, I, he, 
he's a lot shorter, but he he's actually a really good range fighter. You know, he can fight real long, and uh, he's got some power in them hands and those kicks. And I'm man, I'm so excited for the fight. What's the one thing that his him and his team taught you that you took away from you know training alongside them? <sighs> man, um, biggest thing for me mentally was just just believing in my capabilities, believing in myself, you know, and I'll never forget prior to each fight, they always say, you have the first 10 seconds. You go out there, the first 10 seconds is yours. If you don't touch them in the first 10 seconds, you know, you're letting, you're allowing them to settle. So they always, uh, they, they also taught me to just be myself, you know, go in there and do you or just be you, you know, you had this long camp. Oh yeah. You set up these certain combinations for this, but at the end of the day, you can't always count on that being there. So, um, you know, I think really taking away from them is just going in there, having fun, and being the person that you are. You know, and that's definitely gotten me those wins in those houses, in that house. So, so it really seems like your family is a huge support system. Uh, you know, from the beginning, your mother supporting you and, and going through it all. And I, I really look up to that because there's so many people out there. A lot of families, when you get to a certain age, and they start really they start pressuring you to fall on a safety net and, and get a real job. So, you know, yeah. how, how supportive is, is your family now that they see you make it? They, they, they see you yeah. on the big show. Well, at first, you know, cause I started training when I was in college, right before I started college. And, uh, you know, they thought it was kind of just a hobby. Mm. And, um, once I got close to graduating college and I was, you know, I was kind of asking myself, like, do I want to look back and regret not doing this? You know, uh, because, you know, I graduated with a degree in biological sciences and studies in engineering. So, you know, I was doing pretty, doing pretty well as far as a college graduate. And um, and I was like, you know, do I want to get a job or do I want to look back and regret not doing this, you know? And uh, I told myself, I'm like, you only have so long, like, in this fight game. So why not just go and do it? You're always going to have your degree. And once they saw I made that decision and I was working my butt off, just to make ends meet and train and be able to train, you know, to support myself, they uh, they were all in. They, they knew they knew this is this is this was real. So, and I mean, I can't I can't imagine having any other family like that. I mean, they, they their support has been through the roof. It's insane. Now, here's one of the last things I want to ask you before we go into the last segment, which is the fan questions. Uh, you know, obviously, you have a really cool nickname, the Voodoo Queen, and I put two and two together. You know, the UFC obviously pressuring you and, and and all the fighters to go on social media, make a Twitter account, go on Instagram, promote yourself. And I, I saw on Halloween, you dressed up as like an ICP clown with makeup. You should do that during weigh-ins, walk out with that clown makeup, add a little extra flavor to you. Uh, you know, but so where did the Voodoo Queen name come from? So, uh, it's really a funny story. I mean, I never, like, uh, people kind of just started calling me that because I made, I, I came out with, like, a new shirt design, and it was supposed to be, like, a collaboration between, like, the old-school boxer-looking, you know, thing with the hands up and, and old tattoos, and Marie Laveau. Um, and so we had someone draw kind of, like, a mixture of those two things, and uh, she ended up putting, like, Voodoo Queen underneath it. And that kind of just, like, stuck with everyone. They kind of just, like, took it and ran. So, which I'm not, I mean, I'm not upset about it. I usually don't give myself nicknames, you know, but I thought it was cool because I like to represent New Orleans yeah. and 
and the culture. Were you ever interested in that? Like, you know, as a kid growing up in that area, the history of voodoo, was that an interest for you? Like, I'm from yeah, East Coast. Salem's a huge interest over here. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a big part of the culture here in New Orleans. And, you know, in school when you were growing up, you would learn a little bit about it. And, um, and uh, you know, if you get to ever go on a tour when you're in New Orleans, that's definitely one of the things they talk about. Um, and I just, I really, I just love it because that way, um, that way, you know, I get to represent everyone from back home and, and New Orleans, they're very close knit group, you know, especially with the Saints. So. Let's jump into the fan questions. We'll pick three of these questions. There's a bunch of questions here. So let's pick three of them. Uh, this one's from Miles Hutton. He says, you entered Ultimate Fighter as a 145-er. What do you think of the UFC featherweight division having very few fighters? Yeah, I mean, uh, I really feel for that division because there's just there's only just a few girls on the roster, you know, and it's, you know, especially, I don't, I don't know if, you know, certain people can make it any lower. Um, I had to work real hard to get to 35, and I'll continue to have to work real hard, which I don't mind at all. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's run and slim, but I hear they're trying to build it. You know, I, I heard recently that they signed Bam Malecki, um at 45, so I think that's going to be a great addition to the 145 division. She's, a, she's got amazing stand-up and Thai boxing. Um, so I think there's there's hopes, you know, and uh, it might take a while, but I, I think they're going to be able to build it. Do you, do, really quick, do you see yourself like if they build the roster a little bit more? Do you see yourself going up to uh, back back to feather uh, back to that featherweight division? Yeah, if, if eventually you know the fight's right and uh, you know and and thirty five is kind of on a hold, which I don't know why it would be. Uh, yeah, we wouldn't mind fighting back at, up at forty five, um, but thirty five is so stacked right now, and, and we're looking to stay busy this whole year, so. This is a question from Misty B. What is her most sentimental tattoo? Sentimental tattoo is probably my chest piece. Um, I got my chest tattooed when my grandfather passed away. He's definitely like one of the most influential people in my life as far as sports go. And he was also a mentor when I was growing up. He used to uh, always get me my, my cleats and stuff for softball and soccer. So he was definitely like a big part of, you know, my influence in sports. And um, it's a poem by E. Cummings. And it says, I carry your heart with me. I carry it, carry it in my heart. And very last question from Scott Canyon, who actually helped us link up this interview. So thank you, Scott Canyon. He asked, why has she gone down a division? And uh, was it, a, you answered that, but was it a struggle to get down to that weight? when I first, you know, because I had to make a lot of adjustments to my camp. I had to add in a lot of extra work that I, my body just wasn't accustomed to. Um, I actually started adding in a lot of running. Um, you know, especially like 12 weeks, you have to make a certain weight in 12 weeks. You don't really have much room to breathe, you know, so it's obviously going to be a little bit of a struggle at first. The first four weeks, my body was pretty sore from running because I would have to run sometimes usually twice a day, but it would be before and after practice, my hardest practices. So just imagine having the most grueling two and a half hour wrestling practice and then having to run about 30, 45 minutes 
on the treadmill after, you know? So, I mean, initially that was like, that was pretty hard. It was a little bit of a struggle, but as we got past that third, fourth week, man, my body became so accustomed to it. It was just kind of like a cool down for me, you know? So, um, now that I've gotten through those little barriers, this next cut is going to be so much easier. This is the very last question. We'll be really quick to answer. What kind of dog do you have? They see your dog uh, pictures on Instagram. What kind of dog is that? Uh, she is a Belgian Malinois. So she's like a smaller, she's like almost a smaller shepherd, German shepherd. Uh, they use them for law enforcement. Actually uh, adopted her from Take Paws Rescue uh, last year. So her birthday's coming up. She'll be two. She'll be terrible too in March, March 31st, I believe. You ever think about bringing her to fights? Like we, we see Rose Nami Hunez bring her dog there as kind of a comfort thing. Would you ever bring your dog to a to a fight? Absolutely, she's actually yeah, she's actually she's a she's um she is certified uh, emotional support, so she can she can like ride with me, fly with me, and all that stuff. Um, she's an excellent dog, so I think eventually if they, if you know if they let me, I would love to bring her. Macy, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on Pure Evil MMA. What we like to do at this point in the interview is hand the imaginary microphone over to you. If you have any shout-outs, your social media tags, anything at all, sponsors, the floor is now all yours. Yes, I want to give a shout-out to Fortis MMA and all of my teammates over there um, for their upcoming fights. Good luck, guys. I love all you guys, everything that you've done for me. Uh, my coach, Sayef, from Fortis, Sean Deaton, Mid-City MMA. Um, Nathan Bagby, my kickboxing coach, Patel Bay, my sponsors, Lauren Carl. Um, also want to give, give a shout out and a huge thank you to Mike Skasha, my strength and conditioning coach, and the, all the guys at the USC Performance Institute. Um, thank you for everything. Uh, I love you guys, and you know I wouldn't be able to do this without any of you, so thank you. Really quick, when, when can everybody expect you back inside the octagon? When, when are you aiming for? I don't know. I mean, we, we, we were having a talk with the big guy, and we said quick turnaround, so that could mean anything. So, uh, you know, I took a few days off. I'm in New Orleans. I'm flying back to Dallas in, in a few days, and then I'm, we're ready to start camp again. So whether or not we have a date, we're, we're ready to get right back to training. Macy, I want to thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. We're really looking forward to the future and the rest of 2019 with you, and uh, God bless. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for the support. God bless. There you guys go. Macy Chasson. Joining us here in Pure Evil MMA. We have, man, 2019 has been so exciting. Bringing back bigger names, UFC fighters, some of the top media members, which reminds me later today, we'll be joined by Rodney James Edgar, which you guys might remember, uh, you know, DC calling him and saying that he looked like uh, John Cena. So he's going to be joining us later today. He's been on the show, I think, three times now. And always exciting when he comes on. A lot to talk about, a lot to break down, especially since he was at UFC 235. He was at the press conference. He was asking the fighters a lot of legit questions. And that's what we need in journalism today is somebody like Rodney and not these cookie cutters. There's way too many cookie cutter journalists out there. And uh, it's nice to see a little flavor here. So expect that later on today. And if you are listening to the podcast, it's coming up in just moments here in episode number 206 of Pure Evil MMA. If you are watching this live, make sure to go check out the podcast and subscribe on Spotify, 
iTunes, Podbeam, and you can always jump over to YouTube because we're doing live on Periscope since we got a 90-day ban on YouTube, which is, you know, YouTube is heading downhill, and I'm enjoying Periscope a lot more, to be honest, so uh, I think this might be the new home for a live, and then we're going to be uploading the interviews onto YouTube. I am going to be working on getting the chat room from Periscope in here on the show so you guys can ask questions to the fighters live and see your questions pop up on screen. That is the next step. We should have that done in the next couple of days. Take out PureEvilMMA.com for all the latest MMA interviews, news, podcasts, and more. I'm Evil Eddie, and guys, remember, when it goes to the end, without evil, there's no purity. Behave yourselves.